Hello and welcome to another episode of Afrolog. <laughs> I am your host, Oi, and we've got um, three other uh, hosts here today. Can you guys go around and just introduce yourselves from my left? My name is Dami. I'm excited about the episode today. Uh, lots to talk about. Yeah, awesome. And we've got a new person here and yeah. her name is... Bukala. And yeah, so I'm a guest and I'm really happy to be here. Okay, that's awesome. And we have a returnee. Um, Ade, looking Hi. forward to today's discussions. Um, I know it will be heated in some in some respects. Mm, I guess so. Um, like we always do, we will start off with, um, well, recently started doing, we will start off with discussions on um, books that we're reading by African authors. And today we're going to talk about also like African movies that we've come across recently because African um, cinema is doing well. Well, to be fair, I would say that I know mostly much more about Nigerian cinema than any other African cinema. But if we do have anyone in the room who has like other ones, so just feel free to plug them. Um, so I'll go first and just say Lion Hearts by... Um, Genevieve uh, Naji's done really, really well. And she got like a 1 billion naira uh, payout from Netflix to, to have rights to the movie, which is absolutely great. Sorry, a million dollars. Million naira. 1 billion naira. A billion naira. So that's the budget for the... No, for the that's film. how much Netflix, Netflix paid. paid for the rights of the movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I think it was 1 billion naira. That's a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, so. I think it was about that. Because I can't remember how, how much it was in... Um, dollars but i think it came up to about a billion naira uh, which is absolutely great because it gives the world access to um african cinema and just showcases the great stuff that we can do although i don't know if anybody has seen it has anybody else seen it in this room i have right a lot of people said the storyline was very basic I'm sure it is. <laughs> so, people say the story and I was basic. I love the movie more for the cinematography and just the representation of um, the different Nigeria, ethnic groups especially in Nigeria, the East, yeah, rather so. than the storyline in itself. The storyline, mm. I think it could it could have been a bit more dynamic, mm. but you know, if Netflix had an interest in it, there was something definitely good enough for it. Not that I'm saying Netflix validates us, but. <laughs> You know, I, I guess it was a, it was a great movie. So I'll just go on to someone else who. who yeah, I think it does to some extent. Um, even if the movie wasn't that great, I think it's a good thing that people like that who've done a lot of films um, now get the chance to to do movies for a bigger international platform. Yeah, um, definitely. And the fact that it looks like she's made some good money from it is is good as well. Mm -hmm. um, shout out! I have a friend. I have a friend who's finished film school. Who's just done a film. Oh, I can't remember the name of the film now. I think you sent it to me. Uh, we, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get it for later. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's good to see that the film I wanted to bring up was the boy who harnessed the wind, and that's directed and starring Chiwetel Ejiofor, mm. and that's the guy from 2012 and other films. He he was in Half a Yellow Sun, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah. Half a Yellow Sun, um, and he was also in Twelve Years. Of yeah, that, that, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so he's directed this film oh. and essentially it's about this boy in Malawi who makes, uh, who finds a way to generate electricity using water and just materials that he finds in his village. Yeah. So um, that's another positive one. And they're showing it at some stages in the UK. Mm. Obviously, it hasn't got a big UK release because you know what the, the big companies are like. 
But, you know, some of the smaller art house cinemas are showing it. So that's a good that's one That's a well. shame, though. You would think someone like Chiwetel Ejiofor, he's <laughs> been Oscar-nominated, right? right? <laughs> so he would he, he should be able to, like, gain traction, right? But Yeah, I mean, I guess this is the first time that he's directing as well. So I, I guess it's different. You know, sometimes mm. you don't get the budget that you want. But um, hopefully, I haven't seen it yet, but hopefully, I mean, it looks like we're going in the right direction, mm. I think. Great. Um, and but you know some of the the kind of black focused movies they have in Hollywood, I haven't been a fan of recently. Mm. Like Black Klansman, I you know what I was that? Seen that actually, I do want to see it though. I hope he doesn't win and any they Oscars hate, tonight. They hate you give. I'm sorry. Oh, right, I'm so yeah. glad I that, never saw I it at the cinema. Better. That was really. I thought that was best. I hated Klansman. the acting. Oh my god, it was cheesy. The acting was so cheesy. Was cheesy. Amanda Steinberg. <laughs> I'm not a fan of her acting. Anyway, we'll move on to Bukola. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I haven't actually watched any Nollywood lately. I know the last one I watched was actually Lionheart. Mm, okay. So yeah, just going back to your point. Um, although it was kind of like, I didn't think it was basic. Mm. Um, I did like it. So maybe I was just being biased because I, I genuinely enjoy cultural movies. Mm. So anything, you know, Nigerian, we're speaking the different languages, be it Yoruba, Igbo, whatever. I'm just so excited like I just get really excited listening or watching so and Lionheart had a lot of that so I love the fact that it was mixed and it was still authentic mm. and like I think Finno who I haven't I don't think he's an actor prior no. to that yeah like he did really well so mm. it was really nice and there was like a particular scene that I loved and I was just like yeah this is the best movie ever mm. so uh yeah it the was, song at the end was great yes and I have actually heard that song before, but when you hear it in the film, I was like, oh, wow, it's actually much better now. So uh, that was good. Um, in terms of books, the last one that I read, I'm not actually reading a Nigerian book as well, like by a Nigerian author, but... Uh, Just an African author? Yes, it's... Election, no, it's this one by Ngozi Okonjo-Iwala. I don't know if you guys know her. Uh, election is a dangerous game or something like that. I can't remember okay. the title exactly. But um, yeah, it was just basically her experience about um, just on being Nigeria's previous minister of finance and how her mother was kidnapped oh, wow. and just the dangers of, of you know, being a public servant in a country like Nigeria, basically. So yeah, it's yeah, very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Ade, do you have... Um, just generally in terms of um, I haven't watched any Nollywood movies mm -hmm. To date But I think In terms of the whole sector Generally I think we should celebrate How much progress it has made Yeah Over the last few years My only My only comment is As we continue to scale As an industry As more talent comes through um, The authentic nature Of um, Our African values Whether it's Yibo Yoruba Awosa mm -hmm. Shouldn't be lost In mm. line with commercial commercial goals mm. so essentially simply because we have talent and someone externally says we're going to pump x amount of money into your industry i don't want nollywood to be whitewashed mm. through um things that are un-african because ultimately what makes nollywood nollywood is the fact that it's remained ever present yeah and the same throughout time the only thing that might be different is technology it might bring more of a cinematic feel towards mm. the movies. But in terms of when I have watched, for example, African, Nigerian movies specifically, there's always been a lesson behind um, 
the story that they're telling. Mm. So provided that that's not lost, mm. then I think that the industry will rival um, Hollywood. And it's it's a moment for us to celebrate our African culture. Mm. Um, for that to be on Netflix, for that to be on cinema, it means that people get paid, essentially. Yeah. Um, people see um, being actors or actresses, especially within the African continent, as something that is... Um, luxurious yeah. So rather than The days whereby It's only Hollywood That is the destination People think that Look if I go to Nigeria Or if I go to Ghana Or if I go to Uganda um, That's where I can also um, Flourish essentially Awesome And I think There are quite there are Quite a few Nollywood movies And I Just don't want us To lose sight of the fact that Afrolog is about Africa in general and not just Nigeria. It's just it's just because a lot of us, I mean, we're all Nigerian heritage in the room today. But and I do know that there's great work being done um, in other movie industries in Africa. In Kenya, there was a movie about the LGBT community and it really struck a nerve and there was a whole, you know, debate around it now and Kenya is going forward now to legitimize homosexuality um, in Kenya. While that might strike a nerve between people based on their different moral cultures whatever i think it's progress for humanity when we're saying everybody deserves the same kind of rights and i think to add add further is when one african country wins the continent the continent wins so yeah this isn't this isn't um as we said this is not a situation whereby we say if nigeria wins it's just typically for nigeria but if nigeria wins this starts a catalyst for other Mm -hmm. african nations to stand up and especially for their governments to say let us be an example for the african continent so when other people outside the continent looks within they're seeing that this is a sector that is whereby Africa as a whole continent and as a whole family is booming, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. because I was going to say something. Yeah, sorry, just to give like our listeners the title of the book is actually um, Fighting Corruption is Dangerous, just in case anyone wants to read it. It's not election. I've just got election in my head for some (laughs) dodgy reason. Sorry about that. And that's uh, Okonjiwela. Yeah, it's by Ngozi Okonjiwela. Yeah. Yeah, there's also another book by a Ghanaian British author called Michael Donkel. Mm. He's written a book called Hold which is about the experience of Ghanaian people uh, in the UK. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's Hey, guys, if too. any Ghanaians happen to listen, we haven't had a Ghanaian oh, um, on okay, the show. That, yeah. So it would be really, really great to have Ghanaians on the show. I do know, like, someone who's Kenyan and Zambian who... Oh, I think we have had Zambian. But, you know, please, as much as possible, we want to make it as diverse as possible. Um, so please do reach out to us. Like, we're very much open to having people from different parts of Africa on the show. Heck, if you're from Madagascar, reach out to us, you know? Um, all right, so we were, we will dive right in because there's some really, really hot topics going on right now. Um, particularly, I think we'll start off with um, the Nigerian elections and what's going on with that. And then we'll also discuss um, the Congolese elections, which were concluded last month and there's been a lot of higihaga going on there in the Congo. So I will um, just hand off to Bukola to just <laughs> introduce uh, this topic uh, because I know Bukola is very much invested in Nigerian elections mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please do start. Okay, so um, Nigeria is currently, as we speak, 
I'm guessing still counting the results for the 2019 general election. So we've got the presidential, we've got the Senate, and I think we've got some states. No, I don't think we've got governors. Yeah, state ones is next week, but it's just um, presidential and the Senate level. And yeah, so it's a bit, uh, it's a bit sticky. It's a bit mad still, <laughs> but um, yeah, we. I can't really say much because I, I don't know like who's leading just yet. But um, from the last time I checked, things were not looking too good for PDP. So PDP and APC are the major um, president, um, major parties. We've got we had like seventy three this time around. Uh, different parties and uh, so but of course we know 73 that 73 different parties 73 yeah are, are they all fielding candidates in the presidential or is that a mix of the senate and and the other elections as well um i think it's just oh it's a mixture okay. it's a mixture of, of of like both okay um yeah so but nigeria is a two-party system so two horse race system so it's usually just pdp or or apc but uh, in the interest of democracy, it's it's always good to have, you know, the plurality of choices. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's just what's going on there. It would just be interesting just to come across the room to discuss what the um, consequences of a further four-year term of mm. Buhari would be. <laughs> mm. Or what the consequence of an Atiku presidency would be. Bear in mind, um, the APC have campaigned on the fact that apparently... And I say apparently because the figures do not Mm. add up. Mm. Apparently, um, the economy has improved. Mm. Maybe it has improved in nominal figures, but it hasn't improved in human development. Definitely, in terms of human development, Nigeria is now the poverty capital of the world. That's true. We have overtaken India, and India actually has more people than us. Over a billion people in India. It's it's a shame. Five times more, yeah. It's it's exactly India has five times more people. Yet we're the capital, uh, the poverty capital of the world. A person, I think they say about is it five people go into poverty every minute in Nigeria. In Nigeria, that's crazy. Or something along those lines. I might have that figure a bit wrong, but it's it, it's quite like serious. So across the room, and I'm gonna start off with um, either Ade or Dummy. Which one of you want to go first? Just what what you're based on what's going on. What sure. your feelings are for Atiku or or, or um, Buhari? My honest view um, in terms of the Nigerian um, election is one: we have a president, um, President Buhari, the incumbent who for the last four years has mentioned, um, when he first started, they mentioned he's incorruptible. Um, he's, he's, integrity. Um, he's, he's got integrity. But there's a difference between anti-corruption and collecting monies that have been embezzled. But the question I have for Mr. <laughs> President is, the money that is then collected, what is then being done with that money? Because you can sim- you can simply put money in, you can collect money, you can mm. be a debt collector and collect money mm. and then deposit it. Mm. And after an elite basically re-embezzle the money under the APC brand. Mm. And my honest view is, when it comes to Buari, is his anti-corruption fight is to his enemies. Mm. Are for those who he doesn't like within the PDP party. Mm. And he simply basically says, we're going to be after you. You are basically corrupt. Mm. 
Mr. President, please do not use anti-corruption as a weapon against your political opponents. Yeah. Use anti-corruption against those within your party and externally that are basically eating the party. Mm. And it's a question whereby, is this president fit to serve? Mm-mm. Why hasn't President Buhari issued a health certificate mm. to clearly sh- um, show to the people that um, this is what my current health is. This is um, my stamina to rule. And secondly, I think it needs to be remembered, despite people's thoughts about good luck, Jonathan, good luck, Jonathan, at the point he lost the Nigerian election, did something that most African leaders don't have the balls to do. Mm-hmm. Simply say, I've lost the election. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've seen um, videos saying, I cannot be unseated. I look forward <laughs> to congratulate myself. <laughs> That's an air of arrogance. We have to be as a nation very realistic as to what we want. And Atiku, Atiku, to be honest, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. I think he'll just be, I I personally believe he'll be worse, Mm. but he's just got more of intellect Mm. about how he will run his state-sponsored corruption. Mm. Mm. I don't necessarily think, sorry, just to button, I don't necessarily think Atiku has intellect. I don't. Well, I, don't, I, I think he's. he's not, I think he's, he's clearly smart. got more competence than Buhari. He's got more competence, but, but I, not. Let's not mistake competence with intellect. I don't. I okay, just, fine. Yeah. <laughs> the point I want to raise, firstly, is that let's not uh, let's not make this about Buhari and Atiku or APC and PDP, mm-hmm. because as we discussed on a few of our previous episodes, there are lots of other good candidates who are running this time. And we know that there are 73 parties. Um, okay, Bukhari doesn't agree. But <laughs> I, I, think, I think that there are, there are better candidates than these two running. And part of the problem is that we only think that these Those are the only two. two that can be elected. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the only part of the problem. Part of the problem is it's only two, elect, um, two parties who generally have the possibility of winning, winning. Yes. well this well, and I, you have you also have to remember the institution has been run by um by an elite who will make sure that that in that infrastructure set in place it is the same and they will always win so of all we say we have um, an array of political parties mm. we need to face the reality that it's pdp and apc all the time unless someone has the um, the, the manpower or the female power and say, look, we don't want this archaic, broken electoral system. Mm. We want to change our electoral system and we are prepared for a, a dynamic shift in power. Okay, well, I mean, okay, so we know that uh, there are 51, pe- 51 million Nigerians who have uh, voter registration cards. But we also know that half of those people are under 31. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that are going to be voting are young people who are going to be uh, forward thinking, right? And reform minded to the extent that they might say, actually, although we have a two party system, mm-hmm. it's still possible to vote for one of the other, ca- other, other candidates. Forward. So, you know, we talked about that funny lady, that Tukumbo lady, um, who, Eunice Adejetunde, I can't say her name. She was up. funny. Because she was funny. I like her. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Dele um, Felaju Otoye and Omoyele Shurowe yeah. and Kingsley Mogalu and some of the other guys, right? So I think we have some interesting candidates there. And sometimes I think that they're forgotten about. And actually, we haven't talked about, about Banky. 
Um, yeah, I was going to raise okay. that point in terms of when you say that being able to uh, change the status quo mm. and Bankole Bank Wellington, as we know him as Banky W, has done that to an extent. I don't know what the the current um, vote count is at the moment. Well, he was, he was second when I checked. When you checked. I don't know if it's finished. Right. So at the moment... Um, he has done that. And even if he doesn't win, it show, it sends a message that the people are tired. But then again, at the same time, I think we've gotten to that point where we need to just stop sending messages and actually need to get shit done, basically. Oh, Ian, my, yeah. my response to that is the people have been tired for years, but corruption still remains. But, yeah, but this, Can I just, just chip in really quickly? I don't really agree with people when they say that Atiku and Buari are the same or people come up with this whole, I think it's is it APDPC or something along those lines mm-hmm. about how people or politicians are, they're just still the same people but defecting between the both parties. But that's what happens. I, yeah, it happens. But if you study especially just let me just start off with that if we actually look at him closely and see what he has done and his intention to lead Nigeria I feel like a lot of people are just just going on this idea of what they think they know about him Mm. which is kind of unfair because if you actually sit down, say you read the manifesto, you you read like his publications, you act because he tries to have this one thing I like about him, he tries to have, have this direct contact yeah. uh, with especially the young Nigerians who perhaps do not know too much about him. And we're just, you know, the last time we, we heard about him, he, he was the vice president under, you know, in the Obasanjo's um, government. Yeah. And people are like, well, what's the why? Why is Abbasanjo and Atiku? Why didn't they? Well, why at the start? Why doesn't Abbasanjo like Atiku? And people used to say, oh, um, it's because he's corrupt or he has his own hidden agenda. But I think it was something he wrote on Medium a couple of months ago. I can't remember exactly when. And he addressed it. It was almost like a confessional. And he was like, well, the reason why people at the start didn't like me was because. I was someone who challenged my principle. Like I challenged the president back then. Uh, he wanted to run, Obasanjo wanted to run the third time, wanted to go again, even after, you know, coming in the first and second time. And that made him unfavorable, of course, to someone like Obasanjo because he wanted to go again. And he basically stopped that. Mm. And we could say that that was really the genesis of the rift between them. So, and it was confirmed, you know, various sources confirmed it at the time. And if you speak to your parents or you speak to anyone who seems to at least know a bit about what's going on or who knew what was going on at the time, they would also say the same thing. Atiku, at the time, when it comes to business, and one thing I like about him is again, forward thinking and the intellect is that he seems to know what Nigeria needs. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like when we talk about the whole uh, recession or we talk about Nigeria's GDP, we're talking about poverty now as if it was something that we had Mm. in 2015. No, the, the economy was it wasn't the best, but it was it was okay. It wasn't the best, but we had investors we had there were jobs 
things looked okay. The economy was picking up. This recession that we're now talking about was as a result of the APC's negligence. Not, hold on. No, hold on. But, sorry, I wouldn't. I don't necessarily think it's just the APC. The, the cause of the re- recession was also related to the fact that um, Nigeria is a single economy that is an economy that de- depends solely on oil. one export, which is oil. And so that's not just the APC's claim. Mm. If we really have to blame anybody, I it understand. should be the PDP who I had am- led Nigeria 16 years before for failure to diversify the economy what the apc had failed especially buhari is the fact that i don't think that man understands basic economic principles Mm -hmm. and he he had no economic plan for the country but but even sorry just sorry to just uh cut you short um even at even in 2015 things were still they were still okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i said they were not it wasn't perfect but we were we had like a workable economy Mm -hmm. so when APC agreed to come into power, it's basically you saying, okay, I've seen where you've taken Nigeria. I can take you to the next level. I can take you to a much better place. It's not a case of you've come in, you've done something, you haven't even done anything. The economy is not looking good and you're now blaming because that's just what I, I just see it as a blame game you're not saying well after all we've only been here for four, uh, for four years what did pdp do for the 16 years that they were in power what have you done in the four years that you had the opportunity what did you do that's what we're focusing on and there is nothing mm. even when they were speaking when when campaigns were going i listening in it was all about pdp like no can we just stop what exactly did you do Okay, so, see, I think you, you you mentioned something there which I think uh, illustrates the difference between the the point of Buhari and the point of Atiku. So you mentioned um, economic plan, right? Mm. I, think, I think that's what it is. I think Atiku wants to come in and essentially uh, promote in- initiatives that are going to let businesses create jobs mm-hmm. as we have restoring GDP. I think that's what I think that's really what it comes down to. We're going to find ways of making jobs. We're going to help people get into we're going to help private sector companies set up mm-hmm. businesses. He says they're going to have access to to loans and so on. And I think Buhari is is a bit different. He's looking he's he's looking at more fundamental things, i.e. security with the the insurgency issue and uh and corruption. So I think there's actually a, a difference in terms of what both of them are offering, although I don't think they always articulate it clearly. clearly. What Nigeria Pardon needs, the pun. What Nigeria <laughs> needs is good governance. A lot of a lot of the time they focus on corruption mm. and nothing is done with corruption. Mm. It's still problematic. There are mm. still some people within um, that were previously PDP that are now APC <laughs> that Buari was technically after, but because they're now part of the APC, mm. all sins are clear. That's absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, for example, he was he was against corruption and they now join their... It, there should be no door open for them to join the APC in the first place. Mm-hmm. What Nigeria is screaming for is... And this might be controversial. If somebody is looting money from that, the country, but is still um, allowing good governance... I don't think Nigerians will, will mind too much. Mm-hmm. But what is happening is yeah. there's an absence of good governance mm-hmm. and there's corruption mm-hmm. and they're looting mm-hmm. and nothing is getting done. <laughs> mm-hmm. You loot, loot, loot. Yeah. You buy a Rolls Royce, the road that you're, you're driving a Rolls Royce is not applicable. Mm-hmm. What I personally would want is if you're going to loot, please ensure that there's good governance. I think that 
Nigeria is in dire need for just good governance. And I, I strongly agree with that because I feel like good governance is the basis of social security mm-hmm. um, in terms of if you have people in the right place doing what they're supposed to be doing and creating opportunities for people to be able to have access to jobs, social amenities, public services, everything, then the issue of insecurity will reduce Mm -hmm. it might not be eliminated but it will be reduced and then good governance will also ensure that people that are supposed to be tackling those issues of insecurity Mm -hmm. are putting funds where you're supposed to be supplying the right ammunition for the soldiers to be able to fight you know the the, the fight that they need to do so i i strongly agree with 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 good governance but in a country in a society like nigeria good governance is you can't achieve good governance without transparency so we're, we're chucking in you know, other words closely related to good governance, mm. accountability, these things, they're not impossible to mm. achieve. But when I, sorry, I'm just going to have to go back quickly to um, Ngozi Okonjo's book. When she, because she literally exposed a lot. She exposed how things were being, how, you know, affairs were being run, how the the, the hidden agenda, how these things later came to light and it's like you know people on on the face of it 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 sounds good everyone wants it you know because it literally means if we have it the country will move forward but then we also have hidden agendas we have people who are still very much they're still very selfish Mm -hmm. they don't want it to be a a situation where you know it becomes so transparent that you can you can now start challenging. You can start asking them, what are you doing with the funds? Mm. Where is the money going? You're mm. tracking the progress. So it's, just, it's all about embezzling and not being able to produce any result because it means more money for whatever it is that they want to use the money for. So quick question so, to you. Let's say, for example, now you have a governor now mm. and in terms of... Um, um, electricity, mm-hmm. um, infrastructure in terms of the road, um, local employment, mm-hmm. um, everything regarding how the the, lo- the locality, the constituency, mm-hmm. everything is going as it is. Mm-hmm. If all of that was perfect and there was still money being taken, would that still be an issue with you despite the fact that you know your local constituency is being run as it should be? Well, the answer is that we've we've got to a point now where we're so low, we'll accept almost anything <laughs> that is that is an improvement on what we currently have. But, I don't know if I can say this, but corruption is everywhere, mm. even in even in the UK, even in the UK, yeah. even in countries where you know they seem to be doing very well. Corruption is everywhere. You cannot get rid of it. And it comes in different forms. It exactly. might not even be looting, but nepotism is a big issue and can be seen as corruption, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we're going to... A lot of countries definitely deal with nepotism and we see it in the UK. We see it very clearly in the UK. But the difference is you're they're allowing the country to move forward, like you just said. So if everyone still has access to these things and they're still happy... Or, yeah, it seems like they're happy and they're not complaining as much as they sh- they should be. Then no one, you know, they're still having to, they're living a good life. But in Nigeria, it's it's the complete opposite. Mm. 
So I just think that, you know, it's, they're not even stealing with with your church mind. <laughs> <They're> not, <laughs> <they're> still, <laughs> you know, it's still, it's just the greed. It's the, oh goodness, it's, it's everything. Sorry, I just wanted to correct something I said earlier about the 51 million. It's the 73 million people who have registered voters cards, which is only, well, maybe less than half the country, mm. given that we still don't know what the population of the country is. Um we know it's not we know it's not 200 million people it's not that much but it's something approaching that and that's a, uh, another issue but yeah i'm just really interested in this issue of um of our political system um because we know we kind of have a, a an american um followed political system but we have a british followed legal system mm-hmm. so we're kind of in the middle there but i think this two party electoral system is a big problem and actually it's a problem here now mm-hmm. um and so yeah so i want to congratulate people like banky who have a platform already who who are using that to 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 challenge the status quo and do interesting things and the thing the reason why banky has gained so much traction is the fact that he's not contesting for president okay. if if yes. and i, uh, I think okay. if yes. if he were to win and I really hope he does because he has worked hard mm-hmm. and he does have a vision for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, if he were to win, that way he can be held accountable in terms of like he can be seen to say, oh, what did you do for the people of, of Etiosa? I did this, I did that, I did this. Yeah, thank you, so, can't hide. Exactly. Yeah. So and he's if, planning- if he decided to run for Senate then people have yes. something to know him by for. And the thing about it is that a lot of, pe- of the people like Kingsley Mogalu and all of them who have tried to run, um, yeah, they may. he has been a civil servant. He's served in the CBN. He's, a, he's very much a technocrat. He, he has a lot of ideas. He has a lot of ideologies, but the people don't know him. And if the people don't know you, there's only so much you can do because the reason why people will vote Atiku or people will vote Buhari is because they have, yes, they're supported by a lot of money and a lot of, and and two big parties. Yes. But it's also because people know them. At least they've known them from the past and they know them who they, and they've maintained a public profile up until now. Kingsley Mogalu has come out from nowhere and expects to win. Mm. So are you talking about the individual like people now and all the parties because if we're talking about like the party and just okay i'm guessing going back again no i'm not even to, i'm not is, to, i'm talking about the parties i feel like for example with someone like banky now that what's his party name mc mdp MDP, yes so now that mdp has put him forward and say he wins and blah 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 if mdp decides to run for something else they already have that in their head Mm. that it's mdp and this is what they stand for this is what they've done and so i feel like if that same thing if we really want to overthrow people like apc and pdp Mm. that needs to happen and it can't happen from the top unfortunately it will take it will take generations for that to happen can i can i just come in there um to read this tweet He's just um, tweeted, regardless, Who? so Banky, um, okay. so it's not done yet. He says, regardless of the final outcome, I hope we have inspired enough people in our generation mm-hmm. to realize what we can achieve when we stand up for ourselves and stand together. We must build this movement and sustain the momentum. This is only the beginning. MDP is the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that the collation in Eti Osa is still ongoing. Um, but he's positive about what they've done. And this is a party mm-hmm. that I think he set up three months ago yeah. um, to, to to contest. And Oyin, actually, it's really funny that we mentioned this in the first episode of Afrolog. We said, we, we actually discussed yeah, we did. Uh, whether 
whether going, well, we're talking about people going back, right? Mm-hmm. And we said, well, is going back to run for president the only thing you can do to contribute, right? And Banky's made a point here that, no, I mean, he could have run for president if he wanted to, right? Yeah. But he said, no, we don't need to do that. Let's see what we can do on the ground first. So I think this is a good example of saying, no, running for president is not the only thing that you can do to positively contribute. But he's not the first to do it. Is he not? I wouldn't say Desmond Elliott. Yeah. Like he, another he, celebrity. Was he Senate oh, yeah, or Desmond. House of Rep? It was House of Rep. Yeah. Lagos State House, I'm yeah. guessing. And yes. he won. Surulere, yes. I don't know what, how he, effective he's Surulere. been, but he's there. <laughs> and if he decides to run again, people will say, ah, he was House of Rep here. Like you need, I feel like in politics, it's necessary to build a, uh, a, a consistent, um, how do I put it? It's like, it's like, yeah, a consistent following mm-hmm. or a consistent, I don't know. Either you have to become, especially for someone like Nigeria, it's either you have to become a career politician or... <laughs> Grassroot activism. Yeah. Is, is yeah, my issue is the, the ideological direction of the parties. I mean, we just don't, see, I mean, we don't see this, like any ideology in the same way that we do here. Because no. here we know who's left, who's right, who's yeah. centrist, you know, who's green and whatnot, right? Um, in Nigeria, you don't get the same thing. I think this Buhari Atiku thing is the first time that People you can kind of plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You mm-hmm. can try and push one. I think Buhari is more leftist. I don't know if he wants to be, but I think that's what he's doing. And <laughs> I think sure. Atiku with his business focused stuff is, is leaning more to the right. Definitely. I just think in terms of, I'm all for galvanizing the youth, getting grassroots people <laughs> more um, involved in politics. For... The idealist, congratulations. For the realist, this is a situation whereby I tell people this. If you want to reform Nigeria, please write your will immediately. <laughs> tell, your, tell your family <laughs> that I am prepared to, to die. die for the country. Yeah, and that's the truth. That is the reality. That is the stark reality that we face in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. If you're prepared to change the nation, please start a party write your will and say, I am prepared to lay my life on the line. The corruption is endemic. Mm. It's a virus that has not left us throughout time. What we can do is, with every wildfire, you can contain it. So this is a situation of, let's contain the problem. Let's do what we can do. Because what people need to understand is, you're trying to inspire a generation who are trying to ensure their survival, their daily survival. No one who's on the breadline is willing to hear, let's reform democracy, is, are you going to put money in my pocket that I can be able to feed my family? That's mm-hmm. the problem right now. So while we're saying, let's spearhead democracy, let's save the nation of corruption, this corruption is hitting people's pockets. And all they care about is survival before they become extinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just before we go off, it would be... Uh, a disservice if we don't mention the fact that there has actually been a lot of looting of ballot boxes. Oh yeah, we haven't in said the, that in the in the election. And Banky W spoke out against it as well. Um, and he's I, I actually in terms of like being able to write a will, I was actually scared for his life because he's been mm. fighting off um, INEC officials and ensuring that okay, so if you're gonna say that there are no House of Reps um, uh, uh, options in this area, then better not be counting any house of reps uh, a vote so a lot of people i think of the social media a lot of people have been putting it out there like um issues that have been uh, raised people have actually died yes. people have been injured 
Um, yeah, I heard that the Banky's party actually had to organize the the voting count in mm-hmm. in an area because INEC people didn't show up. You know, at one of the um, two hundred that uh, one of the polling stations. That is just well, the INEC chairman needs to needs to go. Oh, by the way, by, by the way, um, one thing you said I disagree with. You said you need to write your will and set up a new party. We don't need any more parties. We have yeah. seventy-three parties. Please, please. In terms, in terms of setting a new party, I agree. We don't need to set a new party. Okay. But in terms of just, I wish Banky W all the best. But okay, I think I, 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 I do fear for his life. I really no, do the, fear no, for his no, no one's going to. He's fine for now. He's fine for now. History in Nigeria has shown that those who stand up against the status quo, how many of them have lived? To yeah, Bolaige is dead. Who? Bolaige. He died years ago. Okay. Funsha Williams also died. He was contesting for the Lagos State Government governorship at the time as well. And yeah. he was people he was one of those people like people really supported him and supported his vision for Lagos State. And he was killed in his own house. Mm. There were hitmen sent to kill him. Okay. But yeah, just um, to make it clear, dear Banky W, as fellow Nigerians, as fellow fans, <laughs> we we wish you we wish you the very best. Very best. No yes. one wishes Banky W to no. to die. No. But I think as just Concerned Nigerians, or you don't even have to be Nigerian to be concerned about someone's life. Yeah, just concerned by what is against him. I think it's very important that we just because I've seen videos of ballot boxes being ripped to shreds <laughs> and being set on. Well, he uh, looks on, tough. On fire, he's ready for this. He's I ready. mean, yeah, like from what he's been saying and how he's been conducting himself. I think he's read like he knows one thing I like about him. I I feel like he knows what he's about to get into. And with every question, there's always an answer. So I think in his own defense now, it's is that he knows what he's about to get into. And like he's I remember one interview, like he he didn't start today. He's been doing this for a while. So he knows what the what he's up against in, in terms of like the, the current Nigerian system. So yeah, good luck to him. Good luck to him. I don't even like his music. Good. I just had to say it. Anyway, um, so just before we round up, we're just going to quickly discuss the issues around the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo elections, and uh, a final juicy topic, which we will get into quickly, hopefully. Um, so regarding the uh, Congolese elections, it has been contested, and um, other observers of the of the Congolese elections uh I think the Catholic Church, they, the the votes that were counted were wrong. Basically, the person that was declared winner of the election is wrong. Um, and but the highest court in in the Congo has said that yeah, he's the he's the winner when he's not. And I think his name is T Shikedido, something like that. I really can't say it. But like the person that actually Tshisekedi. Said is is the one that the constitutional court has proclaimed to be the president of the Congo. However, Martin Fayulu was actually the real winner of the elections. However, at the moment, Tshisekedi has um co- has formed a coalition with the incumbent uh, or the recent the, the president that's just living, uh, K- K- Kabila. Um, it would just be interesting to just uh, quickly just weigh in on that. Well, I thought it was interesting that, um, I mean, we said this last time as well, that we had, we got to a point where there were three different uh, court challenges going on over elections, right? So we had Congo, we also had Rwanda, we had Mm -hmm. um, 
Zimbabwe as well mm-hmm. with um, Chamisa. So I thought it was, I thought it said something about Africa that we have to, we have to go to court to, to challenge the, the status of our elections. Um, because the last time it happened in, in the United States was the uh, Al Gore and George Bush George situation. Bush, yeah. So, and that was big news, you know, mm-hmm. no one, no one knew what was going to happen. And they kind of uh, alluded to it in the recent season of House of Cards. So I just thought it was interesting that all three of those were happening at the same time. And another but, scandal, um, the Russian or the alleged Russian interference with the American election. Okay, yeah, yeah. we have the Mueller uh, investigation still going on. But um, in, re- in regards to the situation about Congo, actually, again, with America, the Americans have said that you guys are not getting visas. They said that, mm, you know, mm. anyone involved in this election, Higi Haga, I like mm. to call it, you're not getting, you're not getting visas to America. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I thought that was interesting. And actually thinking with the other elections as well, maybe it's best to, you know, call the UN, <laughs> call the UN to come conduct the elections because I don't know. But that would be interfering with, with sovereignty. Of, no, definitely. I mean, no, it would be interfering with sovereignty. You know? It would be. But not if the government gives permission for the yeah, UN. Yeah, but what to... government is going to give permission for yeah. the UN to come and oversee their elections? They come in to observe, but not to... Not to no, 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 no. Yeah, they need to do more than observe. So you want to, you, have... you want them to come in, dictate when when the election should be, how it should be carried out, what vote should be carried out, how it should... No, 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 no. Well, they well... need to, 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 to the, 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 the technical the physical voting procedures, right? Yeah. So I think we should have UN people, not just observing, but carrying ballot boxes around, mm-hmm. counting votes, yeah, making sure that Atiku and his boys, Buhari and his boys can't be stuffing ballot boxes or otherwise making ballot boxes go missing um, <laughs> and so on. You know, I think, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, maybe I think, if that had happened, we wouldn't be in court right now mm, in, what, in Congo. But that's... What? Isn't that the job for like sorry the military maybe? They're not, not doing so... their job, which is why we're in court. <laughs> but then again, while while that seems like a reasonable idea to move forward, I don't think it's reasonable. I think it's the last. It's the last exactly. Yeah. It's not reasonable. It's a last resort. Mm. But I honestly doubt that it would any government would give the UN the right to do that. It doesn't look good. Definitely, it's I'm definitely not going to happen. No. <laughs> and the UN cannot forcefully do course, it. Yeah. So, but I think. I think what this comes to show is um, it's an African problem of not being able to let go of power once once you've had it. And I think it goes back to my initial point. Good luck, Jonathan, for me, wasn't really, I didn't really, he wasn't, a, I wasn't a fan of his presidency. But what I was a fan of, which needs to be remembered and needs to be replicated within the continent was Yes, I was PDP president. I've lost the I've lost the election. I'm going to call the opposition and congratulate him on his win. That is something that within Africa and the whole continent that needs to be adopted. But That's true to a point, but sometimes the election It's not the, true to the, a point. If no, you've no, no, lost, no. you should you should relinquish power. Yeah, but that's the point. Like sometimes the the viability of the election and the election results is not always very clear. But Sometimes it, if you think that your opponent is stuffing ballot boxes or making other ballot boxes go missing, you don't know whether to call him and congratulate him. But, that gen- but generally, those who are That's in power, if I've been a dictator for 23 years, what do you, what makes you think that I would want to relinquish power, um, um, uh, power straight away? I'm used to power. I'm used to swindling. Mm. I'm used to looting. I'm used to um, a selected few few um enjoying and i want that to continue 
Just like, for example, um, what's his name? The former Zimbabwe um, Mugabe. Mugabe wanted to die. As, um, He's still living his life. Yeah. Mugabe, Uncle Mugabe. Anyway, I feel like if we we African elections is a is a, is a discussion that I feel like we we will all we will continue to have more discussions on because, um, yeah. But just like a final, just a wrap up topic. Um yes. You guys, that makes particularly excited about this one. Why don't you just go ahead and, and well, introduce it? Jussie, Jussie, Jussie. <laughs> Okay, uh, for those who don't know, we're talking about Jossie Smollett, who is an American actor who paid two Nigerian men uh, in Chicago to beat him up uh, and uh, so that he could use it as... <laughs> so, like a pay rise? Yeah. So, so, so that he could become... I don't know. I think it was social media clout. He wanted know. to oh become famous and powerful and recognized enough to be able to demand a higher salary from his his uh, role at Empire, the the show. I think that's what it was. So he's so. I mean, this is the thing, right? I don't mind. <laughs> I no, no. I get it. First of all, I get it, right? Um, uh, Taraji is getting. I think it's one hundred and seventy k per episode. Same with the man, her husband. That's there, right? Yes. He's getting twenty k per episode. No, he's getting sixty five k. I thought it was twenty k. Yeah, I saw twenty. As well. Oh, my okay, bad. fine. He wants a pay rise. I I get it, right? But what he's done is not only has he paid people, which is funny, right? What he's actually done is after the fact, he's gone on television to do fake tears. <laughs> he's got to do fake tears about, oh, I was, um, I, I, I can't just take it like this. And he's going to leave me. <laughs> they're going to leave me like this with this situation. You know, I think it's sociopathic to a level that is completely mm. hilarious. Mm. And I was laughing about it at work. People told me it wasn't funny, but it's... <laughs> It's the funniest thing in the world. The man has egg on his face forever. And not only has he embarrassed himself, he's embarrassed every single person that came to to support him, right? Mm. Presidential candidates came on Twitter to say, oh, Jussie's this and Jussie's that. We must fight this and that. He's, all of them have egg on their faces. Celebrities, actors, musicians. Yeah. And he watched and he looked at everybody embarrass themselves that way and he didn't say anything. My, my thing and the reason why the issue of Justice Mallet relates to Afrolog in particular. It's just the fact that like when um people of African heritage quote unquote commit a crime, mm. they are referred to as their heritage rather okay, than yeah, as yeah. their yeah. actual oh, nationality. Yeah. These two men, Ola and Oshun, and Abel Oshundairo, who apparently would stage the whole thing with Jesse, are Nigerian <laughs> heritage, but they were born and bred in Chicago, they are American. So why the emphasis on them being Nigerian? I find that absolutely disgusting and despicable of the American media. Because those they were not, if they were born in Nigeria, it would make sense. But they weren't. They were born in America. They live in mm-hmm. Chicago. So I don't understand why. Why do we keep having have to keep having these same discussions over and over again? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that's happened with Shamima Begum. Yeah. If you think about it, she's British born and bred, but because her parents are of a different skin tone and you know they're from they're originating from Bangladesh. All of a sudden, we have to see her as Bangladesh too. No, she's British. And George Osborne said the same, the right thing. He said, "This is our own British-born problem, <laughs> and so we have to deal with it." So well, I think with in um, the Shamima Begum case, it's not it's not clear it's not clear cut. And the only thing yeah. I would say is, 
the best thing that in Shamima Begum's case was not to say anything. I think when you have a 19-year-old <laughs> girl yeah. who comes on TV and just she to make just it... recently just, given birth just, as well. Just to make it clear okay, for then. those who will now listen. For me, I come from a multi-faith family. Half of my family is Christian, half of my family is Muslim. So for those, for those skeptics out there who think that this is anti-Muslim sentiment, it's not the case. In Shamima's case, we have a, we have a young girl who's come on TV and essentially said, I don't regret going there. <laughs> Seeing severed heads okay, didn't bother me. That in, in itself was a stupid thing to say yeah. on, on live TV. Mm-hmm. In the American, American guy's case, what I have an issue with is black people in America are already being terrorized and ostracized. Mm. And what he has done mm. is a slap to the face mm. to the black community, yeah. to the black African community, and, and black victim. gay community. And black gay community. Genuine and Martin Luther well. King, Malcolm X and, and Cole will all be turning will be turning in their grace. graves at the insult mm. that this selfish Self-centered yeah. little ant, <laughs> what he did, because you want a pay rise yeah. for those who suffer homophobic abuse. Yeah. It's it's going to be hard for them. It's going to be hard on them. Is because are you trying to get a pay rise from your boss, mm. or are you just going for clout? What that he's is done true. is an insult to our it to is. the community. But then again, apparently there's been news that the Chicago PD is probably forging the story or trying to come to the best possible conclusion that doesn't. Uh, that that makes Jesse look bad because I was reading, I don't know how credible this is, but I was reading this from a news source on Twitter uh, that apparently the payment that he sent to the to the brothers was for his, their personal training services and that someone is just trying, someone somewhere is trying to just concoct this whole story. Jesse is maintaining his innocent. I'm just really, I don't really care. You know, like I used to support him. I, I clearly don't anymore if this situation is actually true. My problem is just stop dragging Nigeria in the mud. We're already dirty. We know it. We're already dirty. No, but, but please, if, the, like, if if it was like the reverse and people were, um, they were doing well, you yeah. know, they were, you know, proud exactly. of them. Mm. It's it's not Nigerian mm. brothers. It's American brothers, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. we also have to remember that, um, um, like comparison as well whenever we talk about something like this by the way i believe you i don't think it's fake i've seen his tears on on the on the tv <laughs> and i've seen that he's fake i've seen like, he's dabbing his nose it's a the guy is so funny and he's embarrassed everyone including himself but oh, i think quick side note they're gonna leave me like this yeah <laughs> it's just for those who actually have suffered um, um yes. an attack of that nature mm. we should yes always have perspective that there are those people who are suffering mm. and for those who are suffering my only message to them is um stay strong yeah. and don't allow those who want to be cinematic with genuine problems to um allow, allow you to be deterred from actually reporting things which are completely wrong and yes. has no place in our society yeah and i think that perfectly sums up the end of episode nine thank you so so much for listening this is Afrolog.